1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peveril joined as always by my co-host Marky D, Marky Davison. Mark, how's it going?
2: Yananda, Yananda. No, I'm good,
1: mate. How are you? <laughs> good. We're a, little bit, a little bit late this morning. Uh we're a little bit. It was a bit like the like. Okay, I will make confession here, right? And this is going to shock some people. I've never seen the full Step Brothers movie, right? But you and I were, <laughs> we were doing a bit of arguing just before, like some Brothers, and it was pretty funny. I think Mark's left the show in disappointment. What are you doing? Uh, there, he's back. He's back. Uh, that's for the YouTube side, the audio side. You wouldn't have seen that. But, uh, yeah, we were just having <laughs> a funny little moment back there, and it got carried away and then looked at the time. But thank you to everyone who's already jumped in the live chat. I think, you know, Britsburg on David was in there pretty quickly. Kathy Ford, as always. John, I think Chair Devils in there. So, Really starting to rock and rolling on this Friday evening. James Bradshaw, hello from Ohio. Uh, So, you know, as always, you're still going to get Tony later on in this new time shift. We just come earlier. So welcome to the weekend on the East Coast. Or if you're in, you know, like Pittsburgh on David, welcome to the weekend for you, my mate. Um, Over there across the pond or our mate, you know, you uh, feature with Mark on some of the outside the BTSC content. Uh, and then if you're on the audio side, we hope you're enjoying whatever part of the weekend it is, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, or even Monday if you're playing catch-up. But, Mark, this week we wanted to look at something a bit different, right? We wanted to give the – like. so if, you, if you've been listening to the show the last couple of weeks, you'll take that Mark and I, apart from addressing free agency and we took a break from looking at guys are developing, what we've been trying to do is basically – Give you something different that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Give you a different perspective. And so today, in today's show, we're going to pick three positions um, that the Steelers. Most people would be like, it's they, they don't need to draft those positions. There's positions more of need. But in fact, if they did draft players in those positions, what impact would there be, and why? What is the case for drafting them? And and it's funny, um, you know, Mark. I don't know about you, but when I went and actually had a look at this, in, in you know, wondering whether this was even you know, interesting idea or not. There were some interest, really glaring things that came up to me. So I'm really excited for this one. Um, but it has been an obviously big week of NFL news. I know you covered um, on some of the stuff you do with Steelers nation Australia, the signing of um, Gerard Avery. I haven't had a yeah. chance. I've had a really busy week. I haven't had a chance to, to look too much into this. Um, what were your thoughts around the signing? though?
2: Oh, my, my video went viral, Maddie. That's the, thoughts. No, nah, uh, bring it back to reality. Uh, quite, I, I think it's a pretty good signing, and it's going to help us talk about what we see today uh, with the NFL draft. Um, I looked up some highlights of him, as we always do, as soon as, you, as soon as a yeah. uh, player signs. you are like, who is this guy? Let's find out who he is. He's pretty. I think he's got over, I think five sacks or seven sacks or something like that over the the three or four year career. Uh, he signs a one year deal with Pittsburgh. He's now behind TJ Watt and Highsmith. Now, of course, he needs to make the team, right? He needs to make the team uh, as they always do. Now, uh, Zutzka, man, I, I can't, I don't, I got to find out that dude's name. So, Zutzka or whatever his name is, he's, he's depth there too. Um, I think Tycho Charlton is like still a free agent. So, we might sign him. I'm not too sure. But, like you say, we might go into the draft at, at uh, outside linebacker to help out Highsmith and, and TJ Watt. The big thing for me was I think that TJ Watt and even Highsmith to a degree, need to have some time off the field. I think TJ Watt is more dangerous when he's playing 70%, 75% of the snaps. And depending what what kind of role he plays, if it's a third and eight and we have to get off the field, then TJ will be on there. But maybe but maybe some certain drives, you don't play him on the first down or second down, maybe in, in, in run stopping. But TJ's the kind of guy too where you play him all the time. So um, I liked it. I liked... Um, uh, Avery just coming in for one year, It does it's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's not a big signing, but the Pittsburgh Steelers don't need to do that. We haven't really been doing that with um, the last, you know, the, or this free agency, right? We're just bringing guys that need to just fit for this system. And I I like it. I, I, overall, I thought it was a, a, a good signing.
0: Yeah,
1: no, definitely. And he's got, got a bit of depth to him as well. and I, Like in terms of he adds that depth that you're talking about, um, you know, in terms of the in terms of steals and with the outside linebacking unit. And so you've led perfectly into it. So let's kick it off. I mean, outside linebacker is one the first of the <clears throat> three positions, pardon me, that I wanted to cover off today because you're right. I mean, TJ has played more than 85% of the snaps in the games that he's played in uh, since his rookie year. Uh, his rookie year, he had 82%. Now, last year he had less. He had 73%. Um, and of the overall season defensive snaps but we saw that because he missed you know what was it was it end up being three and a half four and a half games um yeah it must have been three uh, and was, a half yeah, because three, he did yeah. miss two and then yeah there was the two and a half or so there so about four games worth of play that he that he missed there um and so i, I could like, you know you led into it really well you know we signed Tj to this massive contract we've got to allow him to get off the field. We, You and I have been saying this all off season. We've been saying it around Cam Haywood uh, as well, like in terms of, you know, you want to get the most out of their contract. You want to win a Super Bowl. They cannot play 90% of the snaps. It's just not on. And it's why defensive line is a key issue when we come to, you know, is He's he to not. it there, is he not, all the rest of it. And even if he is, I think you've got to get younger because, you know, you're going to have attrition on that defensive line. Uh, but when we look at TJ Watt, you know, that the problem, the problem that I, like his stats are going to be great. Right. And when we talk about the snaps there, but when you talk about the percentage, you know, that he has of the overall, you know, Steelers defensive stats, we're throwing our eggs in a massive basket. If not just, not just about spelling him. If he gets injured, we got a a real problem. I mean, 22 and a half of the 55 sacks that we had last year, literally half the sacks came from TJ. Watt. uh, you know, actually, that's a, it's a little bit under half, I lie. Um, but, you know, it's like almost 40%. If you look at the quarterback hits, he had 39 of the 106. Like 30% of the overall quarterback hits coming from TJ Watt. Tackles for a loss, 21. You know, that's, you know, over 20% of the 94 that they had for the season. This is a, this is a dangerous game we're playing here. A really dangerous yeah. game.
2: It's well. He's the guy, right? TJ's the guy for our defense, and we you you get the nail on there too. With uh we need the D line because last year we all know our, what the problem was was up the middle, and we couldn't stop the run. Now with the with bringing back a hopefully healthy, and Tuit, if he comes back, Um I hope he comes back. I'm really, you know, what I mean, I'm kind of like I don't know what's going on with Tua. today is he coming back or not? Sorry for the sidetrack, but can we? No, no, the, no, no. Let's let's talk know, about like, it. I like what's going on, mate. We need to an answer. Yeah. Like,
1: I I, well, I appeared on Le- Jeff's Let's Ride last Monday and that was fantastic and I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, and we talked way too long, <laughs> but we got rolling, which is kind of the case when you have a show with me. Um, but, you know, I think when it comes to, to it, you sort of sit there and you think we they're talking more positively, but we don't really know. Like he wants to come back. You know, it does make me think this knee injury was more serious. And then if you're dealing with a mental challenge as well, like, and, and I'm not saying he's, you know, mentally challenged. I'm just saying he's, you know, dealt with a, you know, significantly emotional situation with what happened to his brother. And we're coming up on over a year on that. Um, you know, I, I think that makes that injury a lot more complicated. There's the will to come back. To me, if he's not ready after for OTAs, or he's not it's not like, oh yeah, he's gonna be ready in six weeks' time, definitely, clearly. Mm-hmm. I think you have to cut him because you have gotta go out there and you've got to get a guy like a Keen Hicks. You've got to spend a second round draft pick on like someone like a Travis Jones that Britsburg Owen David brings up, who is one of my, you know, draft crushes wow. this year. Like I think you've got to you've got to do that. Um I mean, the thing about it though, that britsburg Owen David says in the live chat, like you you, you talk through it, Mark.
2: Well, we need to play, it says here, we need to play hardball with it by the 27th of April. Are you back or not? And if if not, definitely cut him. And I I find, you know, emotional stuff aside, I agree. Because at some at some point, you have to be, uh, you need to give confidence in the fans. And to say, I well, don't we, mean, yeah. we're doing this, you know, or well, just confidence in the team as well. I don't know. Uh, I wish him all the best to come back and be a part of this defense. But at the same time, if he's not there or if he's not ready, you don't want to play the same game you played last year that goes on forever and ever. And will he be no. back? Every single, every single podcast on the on the, the BTSC network, every week we're asked that question, will he be back? And we're like, we don't know. And it's like at the same at, at the time, you need an answer. You just have you're gonna play football for the Steelers or you're not gonna play football for the Steelers. And let's find somebody else who can. And that was a big problem of the of the run game last year. No alu no to it. Cameron Hayward tried to but do it. But it was a it, problem.
1: It was a problem too, like, in for the O-line. We could have gone out and got a great tackle with that money mm. and, and prop Ben up, right? Um, the one thing I would say, though, with it is, I don't know about the 27th of April. I would let yourself get through the draft, right? I, I would let yourself get through the draft before you start making those calls, or we're going to have a situation like we had with DeCastro, Vince Williams, all the rest of it. But but what I would say is if if... They don't. They if if I'm the Steelers right now, I would. Uh, sorry, how would I put this? I, as a fan, would like to hope that if the Steelers are going to bring him back or, or are thinking that he's going to come back, there's more positive information and more clear-cut evidence-based information that they have now versus what they had mid-season. If nothing has substantially changed in that time, and it's only just general conversations where he's like, "Yeah, I think I want to come back." Da, 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 then I'm gonna be really upset with that because that that's nothing. That's like thoughts and prayers. Like thoughts and prayers don't win you a war, right? They they don't they help, but they don't do it completely. And and this is the same thing. So um, you know, I, I don't know about the 27th. I think that's probably a little premature, but I think within the first week after the draft, you know, it's that's when the rubber hits the road on this. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's an interesting one. And then, you know, part of me wants to like think you guys the still as a solid and, and demands a trade. So we get something for him and then he goes and quits on the other team. That's pretty dog. But anyway, um, can you but, do uh, that?
2: If you do that, do you still get the, the,
1: Oh, depends. Some of the picks are, if you trade for draft it's <laughs> like Wentz, Wentz has got to play like 70% of the snaps for Washington oh, okay. commanders for like the Indianapolis Colts to get a certain pick and stuff like that, and that was the same thing with um with the Eagles getting a pick for for Wentz as well with the first round. If he pay, played a certain amount of snaps, then they got a first rounder. So it can get really technical like that, and you've got to pass the physical. So if he's not going to the Steelers, is it because he doesn't can't play up to the Steelers standard, or is it because he can't you know pass the Steelers physical? Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the if you pass the physical, then you can pass the physical probably for most teams. Um, but then there's guys like you know your Larry Ogunjobi's that um, are out there that you know he didn't pass the physical for the Bears. I would love to see him in Steelers. I'm a big fan of his. Um, you've got a Keem Hicks, ex, ex Bears guy. Like there's guys you can bring in. I mean, you know I was talking about it with Jeff Benedict last week on the Sunday Q and A. You bring in even if you've got to it, if you can get a King Hicks on bargain basement deal like backloaded voidable years. Man, that defensive line. Like, how are you going to cover TJ Watt, Alex Heisman, Tewit, Haywood, and Hicks? And you can play, you can move Haywood probably more into the nose or you can move Hicks into the nose. They're that big. If you wanted to, you probably could even to it, or you could spell one of those guys. But this is the thing. We've got 17 games. You've got room to spell people. And if the Stills aren't going to spend more time on the offensive side, and we're going to get the next two players we've got are actually on the offense that the Steelers need to look at. Um, If you're not going to soak up the clock, you need to have people and you need to have depth in your defense to be able to perform at that high level that you're going to need to make plays and to shut the other defense down and actually to score more on
2: defense. Yeah, and we we didn't have that at all last year. Um, Run game was really bad. I think it was like the 32nd or 31st. You know, we all know that. It was just really awful to watch. But those are injuries. And I think we talked about it a few times as well. They never addressed that situation from week one till week 17. And I think that's why you and I are frustrated now. It's like you need to address address it right now. Figure it out now. So you're not come week six. We're in the same situation we were in week one of last year.
1: That's it. That's it. So – in looking at the draft right now, do you like? And I know that you know I'm probably the the one that you know like gets all wrapped up in the draft and the mock drafts and all the rest of it. But is there is there any names that stand out to you from that outside linebacker perspective um, that you you know edge rusher perspective that you would be interested in the Steelers going after to support TJ well. and, and Highsmith?
2: Well, a lot of you guys know I'm not really a draft guy, and here's the reason why I'm not a draft guy. I figured it out last night. I was doing a bit of research for the show today, like looking at some, you know, the, the players for the outside linebacker, stuff like that, right? And I started to like them. I started to really get, I was like, <laughs> man, they're really good. That would be awesome to see him as a stealer. And I got the, the personal attachment, like, wow, it would be cool to see this, this kind of player. Like, in all the, in all the positions we're going to do today, I was like, it would be fun, right? And that's why I, I don't want to get too attached to these players because it is hard because then they go to somewhere else. But for the purpose of the exercise, I did choose, I think, uh, uh, two players for outside linebacker. But yep. I based them because I know nothing, like absolutely yeah, nothing yeah. about college. And and some people will call me out and say, I know nothing about the Steelers, but I don't care. All right. But I have for outside linebacker, I chose uh, Kingsley Eggnug bear Bay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yep, yep, I, yep. I, because his name's like a really crazy name at the end. And then I started looking at him. And the first oh, yeah I had, he's, Yeah, like, yeah. I'm first, keen to hear your thoughts. <laughs> my first like initial, I guess, scouting, uh, you know, idea. The dude hits really hard. Like he's a solid defender. Um, yep. Every bit of high, And I'm only looking at the highlights. I'm not looking at the the anything else, right? So everything is positive, really, right? He hits. He's super physical. He 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 tackles like up on high, like really hard. And what I did notice as well is he goes for the ball. Like he goes for the ball pretty much every single time. A bit like how TJ Watt would do, how he would yeah. be in pursuit of a sack and have his hands ready to go for a tackle or the swat down to go for the ball. So yeah, I liked I liked him for my for my first pick. And that's one reason why I kind of want to hope these next 30 days goes really fast. I want to talk about players who we have, because I get mm. so. Once you start to find like you know uh Kingsley and Nugbear, right? I'm like, it would be cool to see as a stealer, you know. And then if it is round three or round four, right? And then if we don't get him, you're like, ah, oh, rats. <laughs> but I don't know. What's what's your is that a good pick? Would that be a good guy to come? Yeah.
1: To? So I, I like that you picked him up on him. Um, and so you know, I think with all of these th- these positions, I think most of them. Unless um, a scenario that I suggest in a second, you know, occurs, we're probably look, we're probably talking about guys in this show that are third and fourth round and beyond, probably fourth round and beyond that the Steelers go after, unless they trade back and get multiple picks. But I like that you picked up on him. I was listening to a um, NFL Network show, so I can talk about it. It's not a rival network, well, it is, but you know, it's obviously the official network of the NFL. Um, they've got a they're doing a series of podcasts in this in this draft season called tape heads and it's very technical and what have you. I spent most last weekend listening to it. It was excellent. And he was one of those guys that's like the dark horse in the draft Is someone that you're not hearing a lot about out of South Carolina, um, that, you know, could be really do well. And, and you know, the draft network had a, him as a consensus fourth round valuation. Um, but he's someone that can play in a four, three and a three, four hybrid um, sort of defensive player you know, fits the edge in multiple fronts. He's a bit bigger. I think he's like 265 pounds right now. So he might want to strip back a little bit of weight, but you get into an NFL weight room, um, you're probably going to change your, you know, fat to muscle ratio there. I I, I like the pick mark because he's someone in round four that, you know, if he's sitting there, I, I think so. And I think the dual that when we just talked about there with Tewitt and, and the other guys, like he's someone that might be able to play if they do a 4-3 formation as well, or he might be able to really support in sub packages. So I really like the pick yeah. there. Um, he wasn't necessarily in the in the list that I had, but I just picked like the top 10. So I picked 10 guys that could be interesting to rattle off and two guys that were super interesting for me um, based on current, you know, uh, prospect rankings. So I want to know who you had as that, that second player.
2: Well, a lot, a lot of my picks are kind of like what kind, what kind of name would look cool in a jersey, right? You got to think about that because you know you're repping the Steelers, but and I think Enugu Bay looks cool in a jersey. To be honest, uh, my yeah. second player, my second player was this guy could be like a you know uh, the Boye, the Boye Mafia. You know what I'm saying? Boye Mafia. Yes, yeah. Boye
1: Mafia. I'm on it, yeah. mate. I love it. Yes, yeah, this I is a like guy great. I wanted to talk about. Bring him up. Yeah.
2: I have no idea who this guy is. But if we can, if we sign him in the third, or you know, draft him in the third round, fourth round, it's the Boye Mafia. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's already a nickname there. Um, but what I, what I liked about him, and I'm not too sure. Like I, I did write this first point, and I, I questioned it as as I did. I was just dude, off the cuff, right? First of all, he it kind of reminded me of like Arthur Moats. But let but mm. let me kind of jump into a little bit, right? He he, what I saw on the highlights of Boye was it Muffy? Muffy? It's
1: Boye Mafia.
2: Yeah, Boyer Muffet, yeah. He he looks like slow off the edge, right? But super powerful. I don't know yeah. if that's the way I, that, that I saw it. But um, that's
1: that's but that's something as well that like out of college, you see a lot of guys get a lot of sacks and they're just fast, right? They get around them like Highsmith got around people. Yeah. If you've got power moves, that actually, you know, he, he's very quick athletically anyway. I don't think that's an issue. So if you're seeing power on tape, I'm really supportive of that, but I'll let you keep going. I just, I just it, want to say it, that I think power is an asset rather than I'd be, I'd be a lot more confident in that than someone that just runs around them like Bud Dupree did.
2: Yeah. Also, uh, another thing I, I picked up on, and t- t- for my opinion, he, to me, he looked like clunky. It looked weird how he, or, or, or strange how he was pass rushing, but it worked. And that's how I kind of thought that Arthur Moats was doing yeah. with our Steelers too. Arthur Moats didn't really look like a pass rusher. But he kind of he, he did his job in, in certain in certain points. It wasn't the best pass rusher, but yeah, I liked how uh, the last point I had for Boye Mafe was uh, his long arms too. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why kind of, it put, it put yeah. me off. Right, his long arms and he yeah he seemed he seemed to me he was slow off the ball, but it was powerful. But he always got there, had the grind to get there, and it just kind of looked it didn't look like your traditional pass rush. It kind of looked like if he's an outside linebacker, maybe it looked like yeah Cameron Haywood's – like. Uh, speed but so much power and it did look yeah very like clunky but still he got to the quarterback in the highlights that I saw and I was like yeah I like this guy I could definitely buy his jersey
1: yeah so he's got an 81 and a half inch wingspan and um Cody yeah, brings it fancy. up and Cody's right he's I actually think he's gone in the first 35 picks um which is going to be really sad for the Steelers. So for me it's if they if, if he trade if the Steelers trade back into the late 20s, which I think is getting is more realistic than what some people might think just where some people are sitting and people that don't have a first round pick and that have early thirties picks trading back. Um, but I think, you know, with boyer Marfa, if for some reason he was sitting there in the second round, I'm like, yes, please. But I wouldn't hate it. If the Steelers pick 25 or later, for whatever reason, I wouldn't hate the pick. I love the pick. I think he's an absolute talent. Or if he was sitting there at pick 40 and they had to trade up to get him, I wouldn't hate it. People go, that's not the need, Matt. I don't care. I think I agree with you, Mark. I think Boya Mafe is incredible. So, the same um, love that you picked Boya Mafe. I really wanted to talk about him. Um, a couple of the other names, you know, early in the draft, you know, we've got to move on to the other two positions soon. But David Ajabo, obviously out of Michigan, he was tipped to be a top 15 pick. Then he got injured, and there was that whole video that came out, no one helped him out. To me, if he oh, falls, was it that
2: bloke? That's terrible, by the way. That is awful. You, yeah. Shame on those people who didn't pick him up. Shame. Shame,
1: shame, shame. Um, but if he was sitting there as well, and you've traded back, or even at twenty, and you really you had a really high grade on him, you know he's not going to play for six to eight months into the season, if not, you know, twenty twenty three. But the ability to get a guy like that on five years, even I talked about it with Jeffrey Benedict last week, and I talked about it on War Room. Um, I mean, maybe it was more Warren that I talked about it, but the idea of having someone on a five year deal, even if he's injured, he can still get used to the NFL process. He can still understand what it's like to do the film room. He can still sit there and regenerate and see what's happening. So I wouldn't hate, absolutely hate the pick. Some, most people would, but I wouldn't, because I think you build for the long term. Um, but then there's guys later in the draft, Um, I I don't mind Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State. He's probably in the second or third round. But there's guys in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round, I think, guys like Drake Jackson out of USC. I really like him. Like you saw um, Kingsley pop on tape. Drake Jackson, you know, if you go go back and look at mock drafts this time last year uh, for this draft class, he was considered a guy that might be a a first or early second-round pick, and then he didn't have a great season but he's still got like a lot of bonuses or pluses for for me. So Drake Jackson out of USC in the fifth or sixth. I don't mind Tyreek Smith out of Ohio State. And I'm interested in what Amari Barno out of Virginia Tech can do as well. So there, there are a couple of guys late there for me um, in terms of what they can do. But, yeah, it's really interesting when you go and have a look at it, isn't it, about some of those late picks and how they stand out. And, you, and you're right, Mark. You start to fall in love with them.
2: Well, but. Yeah, I looked at two players and all the other blokes you just named. Then I'm like, I have no idea. But it is uh, It's fun. It's super fun to do. But then you do because I liked what I saw from you know Murphy and a bug and, and sorry Ed Bear. Dude, I was like, bring him in, bring them both in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and as we go through the other guys, you wait. Oh man, I just it's
1: hard. All right, well let's go to the, let's go to the one. Let's go to the next position. Um, I don't want to tee this up. So I went back and had a look at it. Did you know that the Steelers have have never haven't had going back past the two thousand and eight Super Bowl haven't had a a tandem running back where the top where one running back is the top running back has you know run over a thousand yards and the second running back has run over I think it's six hundred yards but I think five hundred yards is the benchmark. Well, now the reason I'm talking about this is because. You've got 17 games. You need to be able to run the football. That's going to be helpful for Trubisky, or it's going to be helpful for a rookie quarterback in the next few years. I don't think, you know, as a Steelers, to get back to the way of old, we need to get 15 yards collectively. Now, we have had situations where Bell ran and Mendenhall ran like 1,200 yards um, and then someone ran 250. But I think what you want is a minimum baseline mark of 1,000 for your top running back, and you need a, someone that's going to run 500 or... So multiple running backs that are going to run 300, 250, 200. And the Steelers actually haven't had that going back that far. And when you compare that to some of the Super Bowl winning teams over the last six years, the majority of those, and I'm conscious of time, so I'm not going to go through all the stats that I pulled there, but the majority of those have actually had that. Or someone that's run 900 yards, and another player that's run like 650, for example. What what I'm basically saying is we are putting too much on Najee's shoulders. Way too much on Najee's shoulders. Najee's shoulders. I don't think that Balage and Snell are long-term answers. I think Snell behind a better O-line offers you opportunities. You and I talked about McFarlane a couple of weeks ago when we did the review of the guys going into year, year three and you know how he doesn't need to trip over his toes. But everyone, like running back, this running back class, you, there's a couple of guys that's sort of near the top that will be taken by teams that really do need a quality number two or that have an aging number one. There's guys available in free agency. But there might be a guy that's... Wait, well, or there might be a guy that the Steelers think is a third or fourth round pick that just drops to the six. And, you, you know, maybe you pull the trigger, maybe trade back in like they did with Loudermilk um, this year. And they, they're they definitely going to get some, I think, some <clears throat> compensatory picks next year. So, Mark, and you and I are big on the run game. You and I both don't want to run Najee into the ground. You know, Najee is an older player for a second-year player. He probably will be a cap. He may be a captain on this offense, um, but we can't let him do it all, or we're going to run him into the ground, like like we might, you know, TJ and Cam. So I know you love running backs. Is there? T- do you have a couple of running backs that you're right. able to look into?
2: Okay, so for this for this segment of the running back, I went with a, a different kind of f- a formula because I've only chosen one person. Um, okay. Oh,
1: you've reason- stuck the claim on all of them. You're gonna you're gonna do a, a Brian Anthony Davis on Anthony Schwartz. It's Anthony Schwartz or bust.
2: But. Okay. The, the the reason or the idea behind my theory, how I chose this, was based yeah. on this measurement alone: their okay. height and their weight. Right. Okay. So I went with the biggest person, the tallest person that I <laughs> saw out of the twenty out of the twenty prospects. Hassan is it Hassan Haskins?
1: Yeah, out of Michigan. Sign him, sign him up. Sign him up.
2: <laughs> He's two hundred twenty-eight pounds. He's the biggest guy out of college. I know that the, the 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 young men are still putting on weight as they go into the NFL. He's yeah. six foot two. He runs like a like a train, full steam ahead, and he just doesn't give up. Out of all, out of all the, the highlights that I did see with Haskins, he had that that old school running back mentality with the the, the guys. Um was it like was it Gail? Sayers was a running back, really good one back in the day, right? Like they just didn't they never gave up, or Barry Sanders, I know he's small, but they used to punch off the off the tacklers and, and get away and lift their legs and just keep churning away. Uh, even a bit like Adrian Peterson. He he reminds me like of a, of a 10% of that. I just want to say, you could, could go like round five, round six. He was like really down the depth order, but he was the biggest guy and he was in the most weight. And I was like, we need a, a big power back, I think, in my opinion, just to get the full yeah. yards. like Benny Snell promised for the last three years and didn't do anything. So that's, that's, that's my logic. It probably makes no sense, but I like him because yet again, I looked at his highlights and I was like, wow, if this guy was wearing black and gold, I'd cheer for him yeah no 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 I,
1: the only thing for me is that he was injured he's been injured through this draft process and hasn't done a 40yard time um i don't know whether he ran i definitely' run at the combine i don't think he ran one at his pro day either but i might be wrong on that um i don't have a pro time in in the report that i pulled up on him but yeah i mean he's a three down player he'll do he'll do a fair bit um you know he Holds the longest, do you know. He holds the longest streak in college football for carries without a single fumble, with more than four hundred and forty like snaps before really? he fumbled. Yeah,
2: didn't Najee as well, right? Or not? Najee
1: was like, yeah, it was second all time last season for no no fumbling yeah. for touches, three hundred and eighty one touches also, uh, dude, in the regular season.
2: Isn't the other the other Wang ha, uh brother doing Michigan? Right? He yeah. He, so there's like the culture there is pretty strict. So I would say he'd be he would fit into our system like, like a little bit, right? Like we are a bit more, you know, Tom was a player's coach, but he'd have the uh, the experience and, and, and veteran, you know, presence, I guess. Because when you're in that regime under Wang Harb's brother, is it John? What's his name? What's the John other Harbour, yeah. yeah. No, no, so, Jim Harbour.
1: Jim, Jim, Jim.
2: Yeah, Jim, Jim and John. and Same, 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 same kind of <laughs> Wang. Um, <laughs> I, I, kinda, <laughs> I don't know, but this, I, I, felt, I fell into it again. I was like, I want to pick the biggest guy I can because, Najee, I think, can still play, you know, 70%, 75%. Or, and we still need like a, a faster, maybe a smaller guy too, like Anthony McFarlane. I'm not giving up yet on, Mac, on Ed Mac. No, but, neither. But maybe we need that guy who who promised what Snell was going to promise. Like, he, he really shot himself in the, in the toes, right? He was like, oh, Benny Snell football, I'm going to get those hard yards. And he's just done nothing. He's just done nothing. And I, I'm, I'm ready to cut him. I'm ready to, you know, cut or go score me. Three touchdowns, and I'll, I'll get back on your side again. But, yeah, I don't know. If you, if you were to bring in a running back, it probably won't be this guy, but I just thought he was the, the biggest Oh, No, person. I like it.
0: Yeah. I
1: like the pick. Um, well, I had a couple of guys. I don't mind Pierre Strong, but I worry about him in both pass catching and pass pro, and he's probably like sixth or seventh. I, I had Hassan Hassan Haskins on my list as well, but I, there's a couple of guys I, I like a little better. I like Damon Pierce out of Florida. Uh, he's someone that I think I agree with the assessment um, that he could be a really, he could be an improving pass blocker um, and above average for a running back in the NFL. Um, He's sound with his ball handling. He, you know, sinks his hips, fits his hands, absorbs pass rushes and pass blocking. Um, That was some report I pulled up and I validated myself. I think Kyron Williams is a change of pace back five, nine 194 pounds. Um, Even though he could be a third down running back. I think if you were looking to replace ant Mack he's someone I think you, you definitely could look at. I really like him. He's really slippery. Um, so, so that's a guy there. Um, I don't mind James cook out of Georgia. I just think he's going to probably go in the first three or four rounds. And I don't think that's where the Steelers should be picking a running back. Another guy. And the Steelers have spent some time down in North Carolina throughout the season. Um, but there's another guy, Ty Chandler, who was really good at Tennessee. And then he left with all the coaching changes, uh, he could be quite interesting as well um and he's really smooth but and i can't remember his forty time um but i think again you know he seems to be really low uh on the on the mock drafts which could be really good for all the draft rankings which could be really good for the steelers he does fit an rpo based balance of zone and gap runs so that could work um played in the acc against you know obviously you know pittsburgh and virginia tech and like forest and all of that but um you know, he's probably not a number one running back, which is probably why in terms of like can take the lead back roles. So that's why he's slipping down the boards a little bit. But I think it's an interesting consideration with him. But um, I like this chat. I like I liked the passion for son Haskins. Um,
2: well, he's just a massive unit. And I just started watching highlights and I fell in love. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's why I don't do this stuff, man. I'm, I, sorry. I, I'm
1: sorry. I, it's, I'm
2: sorry. It, it's super fun though. It is really fun to be like, oh, will he be a stealer? Won't he be? Uh, and that's going to be the next, you know, speculation for the next like 28 days or whatever. And then when they do sign, we instantly go to their highlights and go, "Oh, who is this?" But you know, let's uh, like yourself and Andrew Wilbar. you guys do a great job because you guys actually, you know, look after the draft and go into the colleges. But I just see them in highlight tapes and go, "Oh, he looks cool. He did this." But I didn't even know about the guy's injury, right? Uh, I want to ask you a question before we go into the other, the other uh, position. Right? Is the is the running back room? Are we we're not set there, are we? Either it's it's. it's I, not...
1: I couldn't think that we are. I mean, look, look. There's been talk of Marlon Mack, you know, on other BTSC shows and in the live chat. I agree. Like, I think Marlon Mack's a good addition. I think there's some other, you know, free agent running backs that are out there. And and, and to me, I don't think Balaj has done a bad job. But I would probably look at if you want to draft a young guy, and then there's another guy that's sitting there in free agency. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. I know Belage knows the system, but like. You know, I, I, I just think, like, you've got guys like Philip Lindsay out there. You've got Sony Michelle out there, who I think will end up going back to the Rams. Um, oh, Giovanni yeah, Bernard's sitting I, out there. Latavius Murray sitting well, got, out there. I, he I mean, he's getting today, on with but... think,
2: I think Bernard is Oh, Bernard did he? Signed, Yeah, he went to the oh, okay. I slept well,
1: in I, today, but yeah.
2: I'd sign uh, Lindsay. I would it used, sign Lindsay. He used to be a, a brilliant back, and I think you had the year with Houston, but then didn't do anything or something. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, but I'd bring him in as number two. It'd be fantastic to see Lindsay there at number two. I just don't think right now it's Najee and who? There's, I don't know. I don't really – it's the same as the receiver room. We've got two receivers, and we don't know who the third, fourth, and fifth guy's going to be yet. It's weird. Yeah, it's really but but weird. that's why
1: I think you want to you want to shore up the running back room because you're going to need to probably do some short running back sets. You're going to have – and this leads us very well into our next position. The next position is tight end, right? And I have a look at this. You go back to the Super Bowl teams – you know, last year we had Pat Freeman's lead with like 497 yards and he had like quite a few touchdowns. You know, when you actually look at Super Bowl teams over the last, uh, going back past 2016, most of them have a tight end that's getting plus, um, two tight ends that are getting plus 550, 600, and some often it's one that's getting, you know, 750 plus. We haven't had that for years. I think I had to go all the way back to almost Heath Miller's last year to find that um you know that stat in terms of what the Steelers have been able to do from that from that receiving core at the tight end position. Um you know certainly 2016 was pretty close with Vance McDonald in the mix um you know and guys like Xavier Grimble. So for me, when I look at the Matt Canada offense, I look at the weakness in the in the wide receiver room right now or the gaps that are sitting there. And then you look at tight end and this is a draft that has Real depth at tight end, unlike, you know, a lot of others. Uh, I, I just think this is an interesting position. And don't get me wrong, I think Raider can block. I think Gentry's proven he deserves a shot as the second or the third, um, you know, tight end. Freemuth, I love. Freemuth could have the potential in the right system um, and with the right quarterback. And Trubitsky is that sort of quarterback to be a top five, if if not better, um, tight end in this league. And, and for a long time, if he can stay fit. <clears throat> But again, we've got to spell him. He can't do it all. And so I personally think we need someone that's another threat. I'm going to park the Connor Haywood chat out of this because Connor Haywood is, to me, fullback, H-back, tight end. And he could well be the third tight end, but I think that confuses the conversation a little bit. So when we're talking stock standard yeah. tight ends, um, unless you you know, you know happen to pick Connor Haywood and you want to talk about him, but I'd love to know, Mark, if and looking at tight ends in the draft, is there any names that you were like, yeah, I like
2: this guy? Well, for for this segment now with the tight end, so this is the most important day, right, on the draft. The draft day is the most important day of the year. What's the other most important day of the year, Maddie, in in someone's life? Their birthday. Nah, besides that, it's the wedding. <laughs> I went after Trey McBride. I thought
1: <laughs> I love
2: it. I love it. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, that's all I got. Nah. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, Trey McBride, Trey McBride, I mean, you know, if the Steelers hadn't picked Fremuth, I'd be like, heck yeah, but I, I just, he's probably going to go a little bit early, I've got to but read, I love but I
2: just, it. I've got to Tell me. I wanted the segue. I was watching him, uh, he's, he's the first number one, he's the number one overall prospect, right?
1: I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. But to be, to, it's funny, the draft network this week did a tight end or last week did a tight end comparison on the rankings this year versus last year. And Freemuth is like way far ahead. I think they have Freemuth at like an 83 and a half. And I think, uh, which is, uh, as a prospect and I think, yeah, his grade is a 79.25, which is but, interesting.
2: That's all right though. Cause when I started looking at McBride, I was like, imagine these two guys together. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine these two guys on the field together. It would be quite a good combo and, and tandem. And he reminded me, like, a super fast player, strong, but he reminded me of, like, McDonald, too, because he had the physicality as well. Yeah. I started looking at him like, he's, he's athletic, he's fast. Um, and then I started to think, well, just not, like, the, the player McBride would be excellent to bring in, but then what can he offer? What can happen with Muth, too, them, them two blokes together? And then I think someone's in the live chat, Mitchell Trubisky throwing to uh, Muth and McBride that's going to help the offense. And you just said it as well. We don't know who we have on receivers. So maybe we can use the tight ends and running back. And I thought that would be, uh, I would be happy for them to bring another tight end. Maybe it wouldn't make sense in the realm of like, oh, we don't need a tight end, but it might fit the system and help out the offense, having two, like, I guess, uh, stars at tight end and see what what can happen in this offense.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, if you you look at, um, if you look at what's, the eagles did as well um when they were when they won the the super bowl i pulled it up i'm just trying to trying to pull up those stats again because what was interesting is that like burton and um trey burton and zach ertz like zach ertz had like i think it was 700 900 yards that season and trey burn trey burton had like 400 plus like that's 1300 yards that's enough to make up you know having a top wide receiver i'm struggling to pull it up right now um I did do all that prep work. I hate when I can't pull it up, but yeah, I think when you look at it, it's like it's like how do they how do they move to that sort of personnel set with with two tight ends and leverage that because you're seeing it in the NFL now. You saw what what Brady did with Gronk in Tampa and what he did for years with, with the Patriots. You've seen how how much Kelsey um, has you know been able to do things for the Chiefs in that regard. You know even as Os- as Os- Os- Uh, With the Bengals last year, it made a massive difference to them. Um, And actually, I have been able to pull it up. Yeah, so Zach Ertz had 824 yards and Trey Burton, you know, had almost 300 yards, but that's 1,100 yards as a duo there. And, like, they used, you know, Aush Jeffrey and, you know, almost some tight end sets there and I think Mac Collins as well, like an H-back. So, you know, that's just one example. Um, You know, I, I like a guy like Greg Dulcich out of UCLA. I think he's a real vertical threat. Uh, I think the blocking though is is the question there, but he's, he's really competitive in that regard. And I think the Steelers have shown even with what we did with Ebron, you know, they can actually teach people how to block um, and block quite well. And Dulcich scored a bunch of points in some games last year. Like he was, he was terrific uh, later in the draft. I think Jelani Woods out of Virginia, the guy's six foot seven, 260 pounds. He's an a- absolute athlete. He's developmental, though, like he was a high school quarterback, um, then moved a little bit to the wide receiver. I think like a guy, uh, Matt Camden would love a guy like that, but I think he'll be picked up earlier than what the Steelers would want to spend a pick on that prospect. Um, there's uh, a Conquo out of, out of Maryland. He's a bit of an interesting one. Um, there, I wouldn't be surprised, given the Steelers' ties with Maryland, to see him picked really late. Charlie Kohler out of Iowa state is a guy that I like. He was really high, um, in some rankings going into the season and throughout the college season, he seems to really have dropped off, um, the radar, which is quite, quite interesting. Um, he's a really good run blocker as well. You know, he knows how to do down and distance, um, that sort of thing. So I don't, I like him if you can get him in the six. And then there's a guy that stood out to me. I hadn't really heard much of him through the pro through the process. Um, And I don't, haven't been able to find much evaluation. I want to go check out his tape now. As I was looking at this really late last night, um, particularly, but there's a guy called Austin Allen who's six foot eight and 210 pounds. So he's got room to put on, right? And you think about when Gentry came out and he was really skinny and really tall. And this guy's (laughs) out of Nebraska. Like they play some tough football there. He's a name no one's talking about. Um, He probably will be at UDFA, but I'm like, I want to go have a look at the guy because he's Nebraska, he's big. You Know, I wonder how they used him. Um, and it's names like that, like Louder Milk Gentry, that the Steelers always surprise us with. You know,
2: did, did you say six foot eight?
1: I said six foot eight, yeah. Oh,
2: my god, sign him up! <laughs> six foot eight, that's that's huge. Uh, is that the tallest person alive? Is that oh my? How I'm trying to man. pull up
1: some stats for him, but um, is yeah, he- I, I just thought he was, yeah, he had 602 yards, 38 receptions, two touchdowns. Average of fifteen point eight yards per reception.
2: I imagine he's like, like if six foot eight is where his you know his head ends, or his you know what I'm saying like his his arm like oh yeah sorry that just blew me away. Six well imagine the, imagine the catch radius
1: on on, the, on six foot eight.
2: He's got a seven foot catch radius, or maybe more seven foot two three. We put his in, hands up in the air must, like he
1: like, must do. Yeah, yeah. Wing, his wingspan is, <laughs> is seven three.
2: It can, Seventy-three I mean, inches. I lie. unbeatable. Inches. Unbeatable. Put your hands up in the air and just throw that like you're like you're at a uh, you know the carny in, in the and the carnival rides and just try <laughs> and fit it into the slot and you're sweet. You win. How do you not? How do you not lose? You there we go. It. His
1: wingspan. I lied. His wingspan's eighty-one and three-quarter inches. I pulled it up.
2: Oh yeah. my, that's amazing. That's I, I need. I need to find this guy. Actually, the
1: the weight that I had in Draft Network is wrong. They had him at um, 210 pounds. This one says he's 260, so that means he's a lot more plug and play. 34 and a, 34 and one eight inch arms.
2: That's a, that's amazing. Um, he's
1: also, a guy. Like, he's the sort of guy that you see the Steelers pick, and you're sitting there and you're like, I didn't even think of him. The other guy I think that's worth mentioning is Locus Krull out of Pittsburgh. Now, obviously, we're really close to Pittsburgh. We have the, you know, obviously we train the same facility. When I say really close, we're close to that college and what they're doing. Um, he's a guy you know, that I think will be a UDFA. But if you, your Steelers had an extra pick in the seventh for whatever reason or if they liked him enough late, you never know. I don't really love the fit. I wish I could sit here and confidently talk about um, Cole Turner out of Nevada, but he hasn't really impressed in the, you know, in the draft process through, you know, the bowl game. I think he did all right in the senior bowl, but he didn't do well at the combine. And I think that's really put a question mark over his head. Um, I don't like, um, the guys out of Alabama, um, Weidemeier or whatever it is. I think he's, he's, he's not a good player. Oh, he's,
2: he's my guy.
1: Oh, yeah, and him. All right. Tell me why you yeah. like him. Oh, I don't like, I don't like him.
2: Mate, he's up. He's my second guy. Do you know why? Because his name's cool. And then I started looking at his tape and I started to fall in love yet again, right? I thought he looked pretty good. Him. Right. He looks, he looks pretty good. Um, in those like zone like coverages, when he was when he was going out breaking in uh, the receiver routes, he was finding the the correct you know spots to to sit in and, and look back at the quarterback. I like that. What I saw from him, he was always connecting with the quarterback, finding where if the quarterback was in trouble, he'd look back and say, "Mate, I'm open. I'm here." You know, a lot, of, a lot of times receivers and tight ends they just run their route and don't really understand what the if the quarterback's under pressure. But he's coming back to the football. And what I did see in the highlights, of course, because they're all positive, I did see him always looking back for the football and being in, having good separation and not just running this, not just running the, the, the certain route you have to, but maybe like finding, finding and being a bit more creative and trying to figuring it out with the, with the uh, quarterback. So I, I liked him, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Look, there are a lot, there's a lot of his tape that stands out and people like the traits. I just like, and as people say, he's like having a six, you know, um, tackle, you know, six offensive linemen and a tackle on the field. But I don't think he's going to be able to shake defenders. Um that was something that I saw in some assessments and then I went and looked at the tape cuz I saw him in some college games, particularly like I'm a Longhorns fan, I saw them, you know, and I watched the Texas A&M game against Bama where they won. Like I I uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know how well he actually transitions to the NFL. But I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. Um but I also went into this tight end group looking at, like, how are we going to get someone that's going to do a lot of the receiving? Because I think Raider and Gentry can offer that blocking style unless you're going to get someone that's going to develop, you know, into, a, you know, a, a really solid number two um, all-round guy moving forward. But I understand the pick. I, it's not like I would sit there and go, it's the worst pick in the world. I just – i I've got questions. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying.
2: From CW here, here, receivers need to come back to the ball. That's what I saw with Waterman. Oh, great. every, every- Great. Every time, every time that I, that I saw these highlights in, in the ten minute package, he was coming back to the ball, finding finding the good good zone in between uh, the cornerback and the and the uh, middle linebacker or safety. He was finding room, and he, maybe he got tackled a bit after, but he was finding and sitting down in the zone and getting the football and looking back and coming back to the football. That's what I liked about him. So, and he made some pretty big plays too. So, and our receivers don't do that. e.g. Claypool. right? They just never come back to football. And they seem they seem to just give up on the route. Not like you know, back in the day where Heinz Ward was everywhere, Heath Miller yeah. was everywhere. You know, we need guys like that yet again.
1: But that's what I also think mobility in the pocket's important. When mm. we when we talk about mobility, it's not just like we're gonna have Lamar Jackson, you know. But when I think about Mitch Trubisky in a way he can extend the pocket and extend the play, hopefully, you know, and behind a better O-line. And you've got someone, James Daniels, that was doing that for him when he was in um, in in Chicago. I could see players running back to the ball like that. The thing that I, I guess I want to close out the show with this because we're at time. Today, as it stands, Marky e, if you could get a second-round draft pick and then get a new wide receiver, would you trade Chase, Clay- Chase Claypool for a second?
2: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Claypool right now. Get rid of him. Yeah, that's that's yeah. my assessment. Just, I'm just done. I'm so done. Go do your TikTok st- stuff. Other other We need we need the. Pittsburgh Steel players to buy in to be a Steeler. I'm done. Unless you go out there and, and play really well, I'm done with you, mate. Just go and just go be a Steeler. I'm sick of seeing this TikTok stuff. And just go out there and hammer someone. And I didn't really like how we ended the season when he was fighting with Trey Turner. I don't think I don't think you need to do that. He fought with Minka. You can't do that. Minka's a Steeler. He's a true Steeler. Claypool, I don't see you as number one, and I think you're scratching to be number two. And this will be interesting to see. We could use him as a bit of draft capital, maybe for the for the draft and, and change, him, put him somewhere else. I don't, I don't think there's set on him, to be honest. Um, you might be able to get a, a younger receiver who can run, who can run similar similar routes to what Claypool can, but you know the the, the halfback carry that he normally gets. Surely, he. he I don't know, man. I know, I know, I know, Steelers want him to succeed, and I do too. But I'm just not a big fan right now.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. But with that. That's this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Pever with Mark Davison as always. Mark.
2: Go Steelers.
0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. website for details. With Lucky Lands Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 18 plus.